0: Warning, content not suitable for children. Listener discretion advised, yo. Screaming Chewing Show, your source of entertainment and overall fuckery. And it starts now. Hey, everyone, welcome back to another exciting episode of Screaming Chewy Show. And I'd like to welcome back special guest, James Goy Jr. How you doing, James? Hey, Chewy, I'm doing great, man, and
1: it's great to be back with you.
0: Hey, great to have you back, man. I, you know, like I told you before, bro, I could listen to you talk all day. I just love the, you know, your spirituality and uh, your your wisdom, and uh, I just love it, man. I can't get enough
1: of it. Well, you know, me and you got something in common. I could listen to me talk all day too. So <laughs> that's a good thing, right? All right. <laughs> then, um,
0: you know, I, I heard you mentioned before that you know you've you've had uh out of body experiences and some run-ins with ghosts and other dimensional beings. And um, I just love to hear about that.
1: Yeah. Well, all that stuff, and it's been happening since I was a young child. Uh, let's see. The first time, one of the first times, at least, that I can remember, it coincides with I, I was having spontaneous out-of-body experiences when I was a child. Spontaneous? So, yeah. Like, in other words, I wasn't trying to do it. It would just happen. Whoa. I, I would find myself out of my body. And I remember this one house, I guess when we lived in this one house, I was we were there for like a year and a half. So I was like from five to like six and a half. So it was in there and uh i would have out-of-body experiences where i would um become aware that i was in my room and i would be sitting in my room and everything was really dark and heavy and kind of ominous and uh, scary um now i was out of my body i wouldn't understand till years later what was happening i looked i looked back years later and said oh now i understand um, so that would happen, you know, at intervals, um, and quite a lot, actually, because uh, my mother told me that um, I never liked to go to bed, I was always afraid to go to bed, and that's why, that's one of the reasons why, oh, and, damn, uh, yeah, and so anyway, I had this, uh, what I thought were dreams, but were astral, you know, out-of-body experiences, so routinely, I'd be sitting on my bed, and just looking around, and feeling like something's wrong, something's off, not knowing what it is, but when different. So I wake up, or I, I become aware that I'm sitting there. And there's this uh, old lady um, from across the street, this old Italian lady, she was a real, you know, mean, you know, one of those mean old ladies in the neighborhood, chased the kids away with a broom, you know, and stuff. And she was, she was sitting in a rocking chair in my room. And so when I became aware of her, I'm like, holy cow, and she's just sitting there. And she's rocking. Back and forth, just staring at me with these evil, you know, bloodshot, like white, you know, eyes and stuff, frizzy hair. Hey, I kind of look like her. No, Uh, but uh, (laughs) now that I'm looking at my picture there, but um, and uh, holding the, you know, the arms of the chair, and then she just starts rocking faster and faster, and and uh, the wind. There's wind in my room. The wind is picking up, and she starts. uh, just her eyes are like just all white now and, she, and just howling like a like a banshee ah, ha, ha laughing and and the wind is blowing in the room. And then the her um, her uh, uh, rocking chair starts spinning around and then it just it looks, it looks like a tornado and it goes up right through the ceiling. And then I wake up, you know, like gasping for air. And, and I had that same dream, like the same exact thing, just where it starts out where she's just rocking and then more and more. And for like, I don't know how long, but days on end, I had that same exact dream every night. And one morning I woke up and went out to the kitchen and my mother told me that, you know, old lady so-and-so across the street died last night. Holy and shit. That's the last time I ever had the dream. So she wasn't dead yet. She wasn't technically a ghost, but she was visiting me in her. later on. I learned through my studies and stuff and, and just looking back and, and realizing what happened. She was uh, um, coming to me in her ghost body, in her astral body. She wasn't dead yet, but she was half in and she was very close to death. And so she, for whatever reason, and I've had a lot of experiences over the years because I'm kind of a a light to um, dead people and uh, a, a lot of dark negative energy that has tried to hurt me and stuff. And and so she wasn't a nice lady. She wasn't nice in my room, scared the hell out of me. Uh, but then she died and I didn't have um, those experiences again, those dreams. And um, so that was my first uh, that I can one of the first ones or maybe the first that I can remember where I was dealing with this uh, otherworldly, you know, like, experience and being and that was that, that so moment.
0: young man and you already see stuff yeah. like that that's great. Yeah.
1: and i couldn't understand it and i didn't know you know what what was going on or whatever and um so that was kind of you know kind of sort of helped to prime me and uh, uh well since i mentioned that i kind of have this way sylvia brown used to talk about how you know uh she was like they come all uh, around her you know and her bedroom would be full with all these dead people and stuff and i used so to
0: I, love sylvia brown um, montell yeah,
1: right right and uh so i used to have uh, i've had a lot of experiences where i'll be tr- go, trying to go to bed at night and all of a sudden i'll sometimes i'll actually see like all this dark fog kind of get around my bed and i'll become aware of all of these uh personalities all of these uh, beings or entities and they just kind of like flock to me and uh and then sometimes uh, most often when enough of them get there they shake my bed now i don't know if my bed actually shakes or if it's just a psychic shaking but i'm like holding on to my bed and and, and i can feel the whole bed shaking and, yeah and then so luckily i do live with Kathy and uh for 10 years uh, before we moved to our present place we had uh, two structures she was in the, the back uh, house, you know, the guest house, and I was up front by myself, uh, being the recluse and the writer that I am. And uh, anyway, I, I would have to call her or the times when we've lived in the same structure. You know, I don't have to call her on the phone, but and she doesn't have to come over or anything. She can just kind of psychically tune into the room and say, oh, I, yeah, this one and there's this one guy, he's really freaky. And so she'll tell me a little bit about the people and then she will uh, she's amazing because she can not only see dead people, but she can help them move on. Like she's been around a lot of people who have died. Uh, like in younger days, she used to sit with uh, people in their homes, you know, like a companion aid. And sometimes they would die and, and uh, but she just gets rid of them. Like it's no problem for her to just say, you know, move on. And she sends in some light and clears it all out. And so I've had, uh, that's happened multiple times on and off over the years. And uh, so I'll, I'll kind of glance around at my list here. Like I told you earlier, before we got on air, I started thinking today, well, you know, let me let me jot down a few things, you know. And so, you know, in case I don't go blank, like, oh, yeah, I know I've seen ghosts, but I can't remember. Any. And so <laughs> I started making this list, you know, and it was all of a sudden I'm like damn, how did I get through all this stuff?
0: <laughs> yeah, I've had a lot of experiences with ghosts. <laughs> yeah,
1: and it's been for so many years, decades, that I've, you know, forgot some of these I forgot for a really long time. and uh, But let's see.
0: Um, Have you had any, like, crazy, like, scary experiences? Like, uh, I think you mentioned demons, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I actually, you know, I, I used I hesitated to talk about this for a long time. I probably have talked, but I'm going to write about it anyway, so I can talk mm. about it because I didn't want to like scare people away or or them to think I'm I'm in dark magic or something because that's nothing like what I'm about, uh, and uh, but there was this experience um, I've had several like when I when I was much younger we lived my mother my sister and I in this little apartment on the second floor of a two story house you know two family house back east right behind a gas station. And uh, every night I, um, at the same time, if you're, if you're up at midnight, like midnight exactly, we would hear um, um, the, the back porch uh, of the second, you would get into the place from the back porch and it was an open porch, wood stairs, and you would hear somebody come up the stairs. And then as soon as you try to look, you'd hear somebody run downstairs. And if you were awake, invariably it was every night at, for whatever reason, exactly midnight, right? The witching hour. And, uh, but in that uh, house there, there was always dark uh, things uh, bothering me and, and seeing things. But my mother told me that um, she used to actually see these big claws uh, coming around her curtains and stuff in that house, like Holy these human claws. And, but she didn't tell me until many, many years later. She said, I didn't want you to I would not want to tell you this because she's had seen a lot of that stuff over the years. And she's open to that. But she said, I didn't want to tell you this because I didn't want you to take it the wrong way. She said, but the only time I ever saw that stuff, like I didn't just live with my mother when I was younger. I lived with my grandparents a while, my father. A while. She said, the only time I ever saw this, stuff was when you were living with us, you know, when I was in cool. the house.
0: So you yeah. were attracting that stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I found out later, you know, that uh, that I there's a lot of opposition in the dark realms against me because I came here to share, you know, helpful information and light, you know, and a lot of spiritual, you know, some of my newer books are extremely spiritual and uh, uh, helpful to people, you know, to keep them away from that stuff. And so they've been after me my whole life uh remind me to tell you uh, i'll write it down here motorcycle about a motorcycle i had uh, accident that involved this oh man uh, yeah so uh and that brings in uh not only demons but it also brings in um um divine intervention on that one which is another thing that i've had way more than my fair share of life and death Mm. situations where i've been saved um but get so to get back to uh Uh, a particularly scary experience Uh, and I've hesitated to talk about it but now that I'm going to write about it and I'm going to talk about it also and that is that I myself was possessed by a demon oh what the (laughs) what the hell right for for about a week and I'll tell you how it came around in my in my early 20s I was a a, uh, telemarketing uh, manager Uh, and at different places over the years and um, but at this one particular time I worked for what they call a social introduction service which was basically an expensive back in the 80s expensive dating service you paid 600 and something dollars or whatever and then we the company matched they had a psychologist on staff you know part-time and they they match you up with uh Uh, income uh, and uh, uh, educational level and just everything you were looking for. And so they they do quality matches.
0: That's fancy.
1: Yeah, right. And so I ran the phone room. And uh, I basically worked myself almost to death, I I ended up having a nervous breakdown, I had to leave that job because I worked 12, 12, uh, seven days a week, 12 hours a day. Uh, officially nine to nine but i also had to get to work early and leave late after nine obviously so oh my
0: 14
1: god 14 hour days seven days a week every day of the year because you know even on Christmas you're calling people the loneliest people are home alone on Christmas right so so it finally broke me but I was there for quite a while and Damn. Uh, but one day this young uh this young woman that i had just hired um she was a a, a, a cute you know uh, petite um uh, and very cute but dark like you know like one of those spooky chicks like she'd be goth or something right
0: oh man those are uh, so attractive
1: (laughs) (laughs) right i'm like dude you're cute i don't care if you don't have any experience you're hired But, (laughs) but anyway uh one night she hadn't been there just a couple days i think and one night she asked me can you um and you drive me home, you know, my car is whatever. And the bus, I don't know what, what it was, but I said, yeah, sure. She's down in San Ysidro, uh, California, which is right at the Mexican border. And so I, um, I drive her home. I had a 1970 Volkswagen uh, bug, right? Uh, Beetle. So I remember that. So I drove her down and she lived in this little uh, trailer park in a little travel trailer. I forget, maybe a. 25 30 feet it's a pretty small little thing and uh, you you can see Tijuana you know in the background so like you're right there at the border and uh, so she says uh, oh you want to come in and I say, okay sure you know come in and I so I went in and uh, we're sitting there uh, I was on a chair she was on the couch and we we're kind of talking and and uh, she had a uh, I play guitar a little you know self-taught and she had a um, acoustic guitar, nylon strings like a classical type guitar and I said uh, uh, you know oh you you play or whatever, oh yeah yeah." I said well you know play something well she picks up the guitar and she starts you know kind of like banging on it and singing something but then all of a sudden everything changed and it wasn't her voice anymore, it was a man's voice like a man's voice right right and you would think that right there like if you're watching a movie and you see that happen right you're like damn i'd be out of there right now and that's what i would think but but it wasn't like that because i was i was taken into a whole different realm of experience and i'm like well wait a second now i want to know what's happening you know and uh so just one thing led to the other and and we're talking and but here's the thing, she was possessed by a demon.
0: So she was playing guitar and singing right. and her voice turned into a man's right, into voice? a man's
1: voice, right. Whoa. So, so what's going on here is that she is possessed by this demon. I learned through the night. Uh, she shows me a picture of her uh, son who his eyes were black. Like you, you just get the creeps looking at him. So you know he had a demon energy in him. But uh, the, the demon, so, so here we go. We're talking like half, half the night, I don't know, hours. But half the time I'm talking to her with her voice and half the time I'm talking to the man with the man voice. And when I was talking to the man voice, he told me that we, we sent, I, I asked about Monica's, I'll call her Monica. That wasn't her name. But when I, I have written something about her, I haven't published, but uh, I called her, uh, I'll call her Monica in the book. But anyway, um, I he I asked about Monica's uh, son, and he said, "Well, we sent him away." She had told me he's not living with her. We sent them away because uh, I we need all of uh, her energy for me, like all of her life force needed to be for this thing. But when I was talking to her, and I'm like, "Well, wait a second, what's what's going on?" Uh, you're just talking in a man's voice. Like I'm trying to process all this as this young 20 something year old guy who never, you know, wasn't prepared for anything like this. I was just driving somebody home from work. And uh, what, you know, what was that about? And she's like, well, what, what are you talking about? Like I don't, a man's voice. And, and then uh, something else that I actually forgot until right now is that during the night, there's someone I know in my life who from way back from New Jersey who is a very a dark person and has dabbled in dark stuff, right? And um, at one point, I'm talking to Monica and her face, and, and actually, uh, I just remembered this too. It's the second time I've seen this happen. One time I was on a on a date with a woman many years ago, and um, I was uh, with this woman in a private setting, you know, all that kind of a thing, and uh, and we're face-to-face like this, and all of a sudden, Her face just transformed into that woman that I know from New Jersey who's into the dark stuff. Like it was now this other woman. Well, what the fuck? It gets better. So (laughs) that's uh, creepy. Yeah, it is very creepy. So I'm with uh, Monica now, and her face changed into that other woman. Yeah. And it was free. And then, of course, when when it changed back, I said, well, wait a second, you were just so and so. What the hell's going on here? And she's like, well, what, I, I, what are you talking about? And so she she genuinely did not know she was possessed by a demon. She was able to work a job right before um, either before, I guess, after, but maybe before, too. But she did waitress work. And she came in to do the, the telemarketing job. And by the way, if I forget, she never came back after this night. She never came back to the work, no call or anything. But um, so uh, so there's this bizarre conversation. I don't know if you've ever heard of the EST training, E-S-T, is uh, from the 80s. Later, it, it evolved into the forum or something. But it's this consciousness supposedly raising experience, two full weekends, like from morning deep into the night sometimes two full weekends with a wednesday in between and uh and i went through that um the the fellow who uh, who owned the business that i worked for the the social introduction service he had gone through est and uh and then another uh, job i was at um uh before that uh, the um the sales manager, I was the, uh, I was the production manager for silk trees shop. he was the sales manager. And this thing was $400. I didn't have $400. But he got his girlfriend who had the bucks uh, loan me the money. And uh, so I did the S training. Anyway, this thing that was in her without knowing like she didn't know, she didn't even know anything yet. She just got there. He knew that I had not only that I had done the S training, but he was bringing up all these things I had learned and twisting them around to put a new slant on them. And his whole message to me that night so, this was a pivot now that I think about it, uh, this was really a pivotal point in my life because he, his whole goal that night was to. And now that I think about it, I'm sure he orchestrated the whole thing of where she needed the ride too. Cause they have that kind of power. They can make a car, not run. They, they can do anything they want.
0: And it's gotta be a hot chick, right? You know, you know, we <laughs> will be like, yeah, I'll give you a ride. <laughs> right.
1: You know, if you were a dog, uh, no, but you know, <laughs> you a cab, but no, but she, you know, she was cute. And I was young and I was single. And, uh, but anyway, um, Oh, let i think i lost my my train of thought there he was um
0: oh you're saying that he orchestrated the whole thing yeah,
1: yeah so like he he yeah, had orchestrated that but um uh let's see so we have this whole at one point i remember i went in the bathroom and i'm trying to like collect myself and, and like what's going on here and i had my hands on gripping the sink and i'm i'm looking in the the mirror and uh and i realized the whole the whole trailer was buzzing like there was just intense energy like like this and my pupils were just completely dilated it was was freaky like i'm not even looking at myself right i'm looking at something that's just bizarre and so uh finally i um i go home you know like I, i end up leaving and um, I'm trying to think if anything really interesting more happened there. There was a lot of interesting talking and stuff. But anyway, I finally leave. And uh, so I'm inching away from the trailer, you know, in my little Volkswagen bug. And I'm looking in the rearview mirror and I'm just like, man, you know, what what the hell happened? And then um, I, I might, I don't know if I have the exact, yeah, sequence of events. I remember yesterday, I mean, uh, the next day I was uh, driving on um, University Avenue, in San Diego. I, ma- I remember the block I was on. And all of a sudden, it hit me like I remembered what had happened. Like I, I woke up not really thinking about it. But all of a sudden, boom, this came in of what had happened. And I, I pulled over the car. I could barely pull over the car. And I just burst out just crying and sobbing and, and just shaking like, what in the hell? And then um, uh, I don't know if it was the next night or, or the same night or whatever. But I lived in a trailer also at the time. Mine was like a eight foot by, I want to say about 40 and uh, had a bedroom up front and a bedroom in the back. And when you come out of the bedroom in the front, you know, you have a door and then there's the wall, the rest of it's a wall. And there was a huge uh, mirror on there in the living room. And so I'm walking from the back through the kitchen into towards the living room and I glance into the mirror and i i think i see something right like in my own eyes and it's not me and i realized that it was that thing because now i had the full memory of what had happened and and then it kind of like went away a little and then i don't know i was just stupid i didn't know better and i actually said i spoke out loud i said um don't um let's see um Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember. Let me. The message that he, I want to get back to that message, because that's where I lost my train of thought. Oh. The, his whole message for that night. I'll get back to that. But so I'm looking at my um, I'm, I'm looking and then he's there, but then he's gone, like trying to hide. But like he's in me now he's trying to hide. And I'm like,
0: so you saw it in your reflection, in your eyes, know,
1: in my eyes in the mirror. Almost full-length mirror because it was a big, huge, you know, mirror taking up the half the wall, and uh, so I said, "Well, I said, don't hide. I said, come on out and play." Oh fuck! Where you the, called them out, come? right? I called him out. Where did that come? Well, all of a sudden, man, this—I mean, this is the stuff that you see, and you know, a lot of these exorcism movies, you know, the exorc—they're based on reality, right? I mean, this is how it happens. It's all documented. But anyway, my head shot back. And my eyes were like, why well, I was seeing the, just the whites of my eyes. My, my, I started going like this and I heard all this cracking, crackling noises in my neck as this thing got in me. Holy so this, fuck. Yeah, this thing got in me. And, um, so for the next week, at one point, it was maybe a week or whatever, but at one point I actually, uh, I didn't know what to do. I was so beside myself. I had this, uh, I, I think it was a 12 gauge double barrel shotgun that I kept in my bed in the trailer. I lived in a very uh, rough part of San Diego at the time. And, uh, so I had this, you know, that was my protection. If I needed it, this double barrel 12 gauge shotgun, I guess it was. And at one time I was actually, um, sitting in my kitchen, this was the trailer. I think it was a 1950 and, uh, in the kitchen it had, you know, in the old diners, maybe even now where they have like the tufted like a, uh, upholstered thing and it's like a circle and then you got the table in the middle of it. And it's like oh. a circle. So it had one of those, that was the the, the original built in uh, from the 1950s, 1950, I think, uh, kitchen uh, chair, you know, you could fit like six people there with this little table. And I remember I was sitting there with the, sh- with the leaning over from the, the comfortable, you know, seating bench there with the shotgun under my chin, with my finger on the trigger. Like this thing was trying to force me to commit suicide because they wanted to take me out. And uh, I don't remember. I've written a little bit about it from my own notes over the years. So maybe when I'm writing the book, I might be able to dig something out about my mindset or what I thought or why I didn't do it. But I didn't I didn't do it
0: like you weren't depressed or nothing. Right. You just found yourself with the fucking
1: 12 yeah, so like, gauge
0: barrel to your head
1: uh, yeah like there's there's just this is what I have to do kind of a thing like you're you know but th- the thing is when you when you um, there's different levels of possession and I don't think people un- don't understand that and it's been termed in the past also obsession where uh, negative dark entities even not even just demons but just dead people for instance can um, influence you. And it happens all the time. Uh, A lot of people have influences around them that make them aggressive or violent or, um, you know, uh, when you smoke, you you smokers can have um, dead people around them who used to smoke, but now they can't smoke over there. So they can feel that it's like a vicarious thing. So there's all this going on all the time. I
0: never thought about that. Wow.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And so... um, but uh, yeah, and then another point, uh, let me think, that happened. Oh yeah, and I was having very dark thoughts. Like I'm a, I'm a very nice uh, person and um, I'm not like aggressive, mean, violent and all of that. Uh, I mean, I'm probably like a rat. I mean, if you corner me and like my life's at, in jeopardy, I'm not one of those people that's gonna go, ooh, don't hurt me. <laughs> Right. But I mean, I'm not overtly going to, you know, uh, go trample on other people's rights of selfhood. And, uh, you know, I don't. But during that week, uh, I won't get into it too much, but I'll just say that I was having very, very dark thoughts, you know, evil thoughts, um, violent thoughts, like to go out and do these crazy things. But it wasn't really it was this thing. Uh, And so but this was a real struggle. And I don't know how I did it. I, I, and I remember at the, at the phone room, the, the guy's wife had done Ekincar. Well, she was in Ekincar, which is another big spiritual movement of the time. Uh, there's books on it and stuff. I don't know if they're still around. I should look them up. But, uh, and she was extremely uh, spiritual and stuff. And I, I had gone to work and told her what was going on. And she said, well, let me go home. Uh, tonight and you know see if I can you know figure this out or whatever see if I can help and she came back the next day uh, and she was just um, like you know I'm sorry she said i was just sorry she said it, it came to me uh, last night when I was in the bathtub, so here she is naked and I'm assuming she's not wearing clothes. So she's naked in the bathtub and this thing comes to her because she had been trying to summon it like through my energy to call this thing in. And she said, this, this thing ain't even don't even look human or pretend to be human. She said, it looks like a wolf has got, you know, claws. It's intelligent, right? It can have a conversation with me. It's extremely intelligent because it can take things, you know, and twist them to another way. But it's it's this vicious, violent animal with claws and everything is what she saw. So predator, Uh, right, exactly. An astral predator. And uh, so she said, "I, I can't help you. Like you're on, you know, you're on your own because I can. This thing is too powerful. Oh, and fuck, man, yeah, and the way I actually got rid of it like, I wasn't a Christian, I've never been a Christian. Um, but I had this friend, this woman who was actually the girlfriend who had lent me the money to do the S training. Um, and uh, she was a Christian, and I, I called her and told her about it. And she had me uh, come over to her house. She was celibate at this time in her life. She was no longer with uh, my friend, the, the man, the other, the, uh, my friend from the silkscreen shop who was the sales manager. She had a new boyfriend who, quote unquote, supported her um, celibacy. So she was celibate. She no longer had sex. Was, she had this boyfriend who was okay with that, and he was a Christian, and they were both there. And so I sat on the living room floor. What In between the two of them sitting in the chair or the couch or whatever, they were separate, like on each side of me, and they prayed over me. And uh, that was it. They prayed, and that thing was gone. Really? Yeah. Now, over the years, like when I talk about it, I can feel it like it becomes aware of me again because it's still there. And it's kind of like a a little nuisance, like a, a little fly or a net, you know just in the
0: back of your head yeah, huh? and it's
1: nothing like I'm stronger than that. And it's, there's no doubt. There's no danger of anything happening. Um, but, um, uh, so, but when you talk about these things, uh, these different people entities, there, there's actually an energetic connection made in that moment. I mean, cause there's no time, there's no space, there's no distance. There's only consciousness. They're a conscious being you're a conscious being when you think of someone or if they think of you actually connection has been made every time, every single time, it never is. And you know how you're thinking of someone and then they call you, people always talk about that. All of a sudden the phone rings. I was just thinking about you. That's why. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but okay, I'll go back to the trailer for a moment. The whole conversation kept wrapping back around, especially with the twisting of the S training teachings, the whole conversation started uh, would always wrap back around to there's no difference between the dark side and the light side. It's all the same. It's two sides of the same coin. And the dark side is better because you'll have a lot more power. You'll have a lot more fun. It's a lot more immediate, you know, like instant gratification and all of that. And uh, I, I knew, of course, just even though I was just starting in my spiritual life and all that, that I didn't want any part of that. Um, but that was, was the whole message that he had. He was trying to win me over to say, OK, you know, uh, mm-hmm. take take me on, take me over. You can stay with me and show me what this power can do. And that's, that's the whole. And then, of course, later in the week when that didn't work, he actually tried to get me to to, uh, uh, you know, kill myself and stuff.
0: So he was trying to let you let him in. Right. So you could get more power or you right. know, he, he'd convince you it's better that way. Right.
1: Right, right. If I would have said, because I never said, "Yeah, I see your point," or "I agree with you," and he's like, "Well, what do you think?" or whatever, and I'm like, "Well, you know, it's like let me sleep on it," you know. <laughs> and so, so this like, oh, the devil, you know, let me think about this a little bit. <laughs> let I me sleep I thinking, on it. But, yeah, but I didn't want to tell him no way because then I didn't know what could happen. I, I didn't know he could have her grab a knife from the kitchen and you know come after me or something. So yeah, yeah it, was, it was really very very bizarre but when I was actually in it, it's like, you know, there were so many times that if I saw this whole stuff in a movie, I was like, oh, I would have definitely ran then. Oh, I would have definitely ran then, you know, all these points, but I didn't. I was, I was just engrossed and meshed in, in this energy. I was extremely uh, intrigued and, um, uh, you know, um, curious and, and I engaged in this whole conversation and everything. That
0: curiosity made you stay, huh? You want to see yeah. what comes up next, right?
1: right? And you know what they say about curiosity, right? It, killed <laughs> yep. it almost killed this cat. <laughs>
0: hey, but you know, it's not every day you have a conversation with a demon. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure I'd be curious right. to what right. he, he would have to say.
1: Right. And, uh, <clears throat> but the thing is, uh, with everything in life, but even this, that was ended up being a positive experience for me because um, I'm, so, I'm so much stronger now spiritually because of that. Uh, years later, I actually was able, Kathy and I, we lived in Sedona, Arizona for a while. We were teaching in this new age center uh, and doing classes and different stuff. And that's kind of a Mecca, Sedona, for, uh, you know, like all, at least at the time, all the shops had a psychic, you know, sitting there, you know, and this kind of thing. like. Um, pictures of aliens everywhere. You see black helicopters there a lot, so it's a very dynamic energy uh, situation over there. But we actually helped a woman who was possessed. We did an exorcism on her, Kathy and I. Oh, our, yeah. She came to our home. We were living in a mobile home overlooking the creek in Sedona, which was awesome. I mean, it's, it's such a beautiful environment to be in. Um, but she came there and. Uh, it turned out that this thing was from a, um, uh, it was a past life situation that this day. Th- oh, and right before she had come over there the day before this thing had actually either got behind her or in front of her something and pushed her off the curb, almost in front of a bus. Like physically, she, she jerked in right in front of a bus and almost got hit by a bus. So okay. this thing, wanted her. but while we were doing the, the uh exorcism and we had never done one before and we haven't studied the process that the catholics use or whatever but you know you know you kind of you just you go with the flow you know you're in this situation you must have the ability to do something and so you do it but a lot of what kathy was doing was she was talking to the woman about what had happened but also conversing mentally with the thing that was in her and so, so like. Her goal is not to banish the demon. Her goal was to help to heal this situation because this person was uh, a very, you know, the per- the girl had done something very, very bad to this dead person, demon energy in a past life, like something really bad. And uh, at one point she was able to get the, or, or we were able to get the thing out of her, but it wasn't ready to move on yet. And I actually had to hold it inside of my aura. So now here I am holding this demon inside of me, totally aware that this this thing and me are one and Kathy's doing her thing. And then finally we could release it. But I later realized if I hadn't been through that experience with the Monica demon, that I would not, that prepared me for that that prepared me for that
0: wow uh, everything happens for a reason man
1: Everything happens for a reason everything you survive makes you stronger it makes you more able to help and give to other people um but now since we're on this subject of uh of the opposition that i have faced in my life from the astral realms the dark you know subastral realms where people have different names for hell worlds um but this was years earlier now. And I'm maybe 20 years old or something. I'm very, very young. I came to California when I was 19. So this is in the first couple few years. I'm 21, maybe. I I don't think I was any older than that. And uh, so I had a 650. I had several motorcycles. I haven't ridden for years. Uh, As a matter of fact, this one I'm going to tell you about is because I'd been, been down before on motorcycles and stuff. But this is the one that uh, for me was my wake up call and i never got back on a motorcycle in all these years but so I, at the time i had a couple of motorcycles i had a little yamaha kind of a dirt bike but i had a 650 uh yamaha special i forget what year that was it was an 80 something i think and it had like it was jet black It had mag wheels on it like it was this really cool motorcycle. nice yeah and i had this friend um i later had a harley uh that uh I almost died on too, but that that wasn't an astral or, or anything. It was just—I'll tell you that real quick. I'm dr- I'm riding down the strand between Imperial Beach and Coronado, California, and I'm going somewhere. And I have a, a suit in—you know—the suit bag that you hang up. You zip it up, and you got your suit in there. Oh, okay. and so, uh, and so I have this hanging over, and somehow something—I uh, uh, guess the bag itself got caught in the. Uh, in the chain of the of the Harley. Oh. And it's just, it's just chopped out Harley with these little Z bars, you know? And it got caught in the chain and I, I had the thing hooked around my neck. It's like as a cape, right? I'm going somewhere on my motorcycle. I don't want to wrinkle the clothes. And so I got this thing around my neck and uh, it grabbed the, uh, it got grabbed in the chain. And so it was choking me and it was pulling me back. And the further it pulled me, I had my hand on, one hand was pulled off and I had my hand on the, on the throttle. And so the more this thing pulled me and it was like chewing it and getting caught but then loosening a little, that kind of thing cause it would chew up the plastic. And, uh, but when it would pull me my hand would go like this and i would be flooring the motorcycle so it would go oh. even faster i don't know how i survived dude uh, that's
0: some final destination shit that's scary
1: and and you never ever like will hear that story i never heard that happen to anyone like i must be the only person on the planet that that had ever happened to
0: and survive you know <laughs>
1: I survived it right but that was just one of those freaky things like uh final destination did you say was mm-hmm. that, yeah that yeah that kind of thing we're like you can't avoid it. it's going to get you one way or another and it's going to be you can't um, see it coming you know
0: just out of nowhere
1: right right but so that was the harley but so i had this 650 yamaha and i had this this friend that had a 750 yamaha a, a 750 honda and uh so we were riding one day and if anybody listening knows uh, san diego we were heading up euclid avenue to, uh, up the hill towards where there used to be a Big Bear uh, uh, food market. is a pretty rough neighborhood there. And uh, there was a freeway there, the 94 ran through there. So you could actually, from Euclid Avenue, you could get on 94 or get off of 94 from that was the Euclid Avenue exit. And uh, so I'm, I'm riding up the street there. I'm sure the speed limit was 35, but I'm sure I was doing more. And I see this pickup truck now the the lane coming down from the other side, they have to they have a lane to pull into to wait for this traffic. And then when it's clear on this side, they can cut over, you have to cut over our lane to get on the 94 East. <clears throat> and uh, so I see this pickup truck come and he, he slowed way down and almost to a full stop. So, cause I'm defensive, right? I, I'm watching everybody. And I'm like, okay, he's, he's stopping. He's almost at a full stop. And so I don't slow down in the least. I just keep you know putting along. And at the last second, this pickup truck, the guy in the pickup truck floors it, right? He just nails that uh, accelerator to the floor. He comes flying around the corner, uh, fishtailing. So like he's woo, like this fishtailing. And uh, the last thing I remember is I'm I'm on my bike, I'm seeing the, um, the, the side of his, uh, pickup, it was a long bed and I see the, the side of it fishtailing coming right at me. There's nothing I can do. I know that this is going to happen, right? There's, there's no, nothing I can do. It's like one foot in front of hitting my front of my motorcycle, one foot. And when that happened, it's like, you know, the old, uh, even with the whiteboard, but you know, the old blackboards and you take the eraser and you erase uh, stuff off the blackboard. Mm -hmm. Like some, something took an eraser and my, my vision went black, but not just boom black. It went like this. It went like Like, somebody took an eraser from left to right.
0: Like swiped it kind of,
1: right? Like that. And then when it got over here, I couldn't see anything. And then I'm sitting. Oh, and right at the same moment as that was happening, I, fe- I had one of those biker jackets with the, the zippers and the pockets and all one of those regular bike biker jackets. I felt something grab me here and pull and I just felt this. And then and then I'm like and I, and then I look and I'm sitting on the ground and I turn around and like the the uh, the pickup truck is way the heck back there. Like, I don't know how far that I flew through the air. Uh, so my friend tells me he said and then I just get up and uh I hadn't I had quit smoking it's one of the times I quit smoking which uh I I haven't smoked for many years now but uh and I remember I asked somebody um that was on the senior do you have a a cigarette uh or maybe I asked my friend and I sat down on the curb and, and I hadn't smoked in a long time but I smoked a cigarette and uh probably got back on smoking over that deal again.
0: <laughs> right. How, I how, think anybody-
1: yeah, and so um but he said he said man he said I never saw anything like that. Just defied all of the rules of physics like uh, uh, uh momentum and inertia and all of that. He said when you are in a situation where it's, it's basically a head on with the side of the truck. It's swinging towards me at quite a speed. I'm going this way at quite a speed. And then I hit him and uh, my motorcycle was like the, the headlight was pushed in a few inches from where it should be. And nothing was sticking out further than that. The whole wheel and everything was folded. So the front of the bike was flat and not as far out as, as anything had been, it was all just flat. And, uh, But he said, when when you hit something like that, at that speed, you're supposed to keep going in the same direction in the same speed until something stops you Mm or, you know, you just slow down or whatever. So I should have kept going right off the bike into the side of the thing or over the pickup and just been really mangled, like maybe killed. This was really bad. It's one of the worst ones that, you know, that you can imagine happening at these speeds and everything. And uh, he said, but. He said, it was so bizarre. He said, you shot straight off of that motorcycle like a rocket, straight up. You didn't keep going in the same direction. You were already moving at 40, 45 miles an hour. You went straight up like a rocket and spun around in the air. And then you landed way, way in the heck over there. And uh, I didn't have a helmet on. I landed on my butt, luckily, not not my head. And um, he said, I never saw anything like that. So, um, And you had
0: no injuries on you?
1: Well, I did have a little bit of a a soreness, like the back area or whatever. Um, But I mean, no scrapes, no, just no nothing. Oh, my God. And so, and it gets better. I, I wanted to go and see like this healing kind of a thing. I wanted to go to the wrecking yard and see the motorcycle. Kind of like make my peace with this thing. Like I knew I'm never getting on again. Like this is my last motorcycle. I'm selling the other one you know, that I have, the Yamaha, the, the Harley was long gone. And this is it. It's my last motorcycle. I want to go see it. And uh, so I went to the wrecking yard and it was the oddest thing. It was like I said, the the headlight was pushed in and the, the front tire and and uh, and uh, fender and stuff was not any further out from it. Everything was flat because I hit him not only on the side of the bed, but the, but the wheel. So like my bolt, bike folded like this and just was flat. But the oddest thing that I couldn't really comprehend or like make sense of at the time was that the sides of the gas tank were crushed in this way, the sides of the tank as, and it looked like knee imprints is the only thing I could think of. Like my knees had crushed the gas tank, which I, I, who's got that strength, right? And so I couldn't, I couldn't you know comprehend it but I, I never got the picture out of my mind I don't know how long it was later not too many a few years maybe but sometime later I was in a kind of a spiritual just kind of you know laying and you know in and out and you're thinking about things and all of a sudden I had this um, vision of that day and the whole thing replayed but only now I was like 30 feet above the motorcycle watching this happen. So I see me coming. I see my friend behind me. I see the pickup truck. And it's right before the point where this thing's going to go down and he's going to step on the gas. Did you ever see the movie Ghost? Mm-hmm. Okay. You remember that scene out on the streets where those things are coming out of the ground? Those, those dark shadows. Yeah, those dark shadow people. Okay. So here I am 30 feet up now watching this, you know, uh, quite a while later. And I see one of those come out of the ground right into the guy, into the driver of the pickup truck. Remember I told you they could influence us and they do a lot. And some people that uh, kill people, they're possessed, you know, by these de- these things that want to kill people, whether they're dead people or demons or whatever. Well, one of those went into the, this driver and floored the thing to try to kill me, Holy and then I, right, and then my I didn't see any angels or something, but then my protection, which I have a lot of, is what grabbed me, and I saw myself my jacket and it'd be pulled up off the, the thing, um, and the thing is that that guy was drunk, right? He was cited on on the spot of the accident for drunk driving, and when when you drink or when you're under the influence of certain things, you actually uh, weaken your aura which makes sense. And you make yourself more open to that kind of stuff. So they saw that that was a, another time that they saw that this is before uh, this other stuff. I told you with the, the demon getting in me and all this was um, probably a few years before that. Um, so they saw their their chance there and they tried to, to take me out there. And, um, wow. yeah, I don't know if there's anything else from that story. That's, uh, that's noteworthy. I mean, the whole thing is just, you know, bizarre, so, so, but again, yep. I, I lived through it. Um, there's been other, a lot of other times with, uh, um, things that, that where I've had, in, you know, divine intervention at extreme levels. I don't know if I mentioned it, before but i'm starting to mention because you know for years like when i first started doing interviews and stuff um i'm like i'm not talking about this stuff because people are going to i'll talk about mind power you know attract money you know law of attraction you know people are into that but this other stuff they're going to think like man what, what like not like not that it happened like a lot of people can tell you oh yeah i was drowning and uh and being pulled out by a a rip current, which I've almost been pulled out twice by rip currents. uh, And I felt something, you know, lift me a little and push me towards the shore. Like stories like that are, but for one person, like that's a once in a lifetime thing, right? You almost drown and you're saved or you almost have an uh, an accident. But I've had so many of them that I, I thought that people just would not be able to comprehend that one person Like if they heard 50 stories from 50 different people, all right, well, that's a once in a lifetime thing. And a lot of people report the same types of things and see angels and everything else. But for one person to go through this again and again and again, I just didn't think people could comprehend it. They think I was just full of baloney. So for a long time, I didn't talk about it, but I'm not only going to talk about it uh, as the opportunities arise, but I'm going to write about these things also
0: awesome
1: man yeah yeah
0: so dude oh my god so you've had a lot of run-ins or uh brushes with death right
1: yeah yeah and,
0: and it sounds like these demons have been after you for a very long time
1: yes yes i mean i was uh hit by a car when i was a young uh in grammar school i was hit by a car and uh <clears throat> carried through the air over the traffic and people that saw this thought i was de- even that didn't uh, go along with the laws of physics and momentum, inertia, and all that. Because I got hit by a car, but I didn't go under the car or fly in the direction that it had hit me. I went, I flew over the, uncom- the other side traffic, and landed on a, a sidewalk over there. I was bruised from uh, my midsection and my legs where the car had actually hit me, but there was absolutely no indication that I had flown through the air and hit the pavement. There were no other injuries.
0: Wow. Even
1: I, yeah, Even though I went in an ambulance to the hospital because they thought there's gotta be, but I'm like, no, no, you know, I'm all right. When my mother got there, there was a priest kneeling over me. People thought I was, I gotta be dead. They saw me flying through the air, getting hit by this great big, uh, I don't know what it was. This was in the early sixties. It was one of those great big old black, uh, cars with the grill on it or something from the fifties, I guess, or something. And, uh, so yeah, I've had a lot of, uh, close, you know, I've never died and come back. That's when people say near death experience. I've never died and come back, but I've gotten close as I want to be to death until the, the final, uh, curtain, you know, and, uh, but every every little thing has made me just stronger and stronger. I've had people try to pull guns on me. I think I might have mentioned that to you before. I don't know, and uh, uh, not be able to do it. Now a lot of that was mind power. I, I participated in it. But it's uh, there's you know we're not just our own selves, individual. We're connected to a whole big uh, bigger web of uh, of stuff. So a lot of um, what eventually evolved because I've gone through so much stuff. Uh, eventually I got to the point, let me make myself a note in case it comes up here, um, um, where I could like participate. Like I don't need divine intervention so much as I can participate and say, wait a second, you know, I'm stronger than this, you know, uh, and this, this is not going to happen. And then things happen to make these things not happen wow yeah so it's uh, but when you're going through it you're not like oh wow this is cool you know but years later when you realize how much power you now have and how much insight um how much you're able to help others when the circumstances present themselves um then you see that it's all part of the plan as odd as it seems all of these everyone uh both um that they're a demon or a dead person, a demonic force, or a living person who has tried to pull a gun on me, kidnap me, I've been through these different things, they have all actually worked for me. Like they've been, uh, even though their intentions are bad, they have actually played right into my plan of helping me to grow into what I need to be to have this, the kind of power that I've been able to develop. So everything they try to do always works out in the highest can't do what they're trying to do. And their karma is no less, right? They're still who they are. They're still doing what they're trying to do. They still have the intentions and and the heart uh, that would be in a person that's trying to do that. They're going to attract more of that to themselves and all of that, um, which is in divine order. Eventually, they're going to learn not to do that. But they have, uh, come in in times in my life when that's what I needed to be able to overcome and grow so that I can move on and have all of these uh, experiences and be able to help and teach in these, you know, uh, about these things. Because, you know, as individual human beings, we are more powerful than we have any idea. And if we are an individual human being that is walking in the light, that is that has come here to to grow and learn and add and teach and help spiritually if that's why we're here then we have all the help of the light of the light forces of all of the beings that work in the good and that whole consciousness and here's something i can absolutely state without any reservations is that the light is stronger than the dark and nothing darkness and the dark ones try to do, like to someone like myself who walks in the light, nothing they try to do can ever work or they won't be able to pull it off unless the light that's looking over this person allows it to happen. And if they do allow it to happen, it's going to work out for the highest, best good of that person. So they allow a certain amount because they could have just as easily given me a flat tire, or made me catch a red light, uh, you know, three blocks before I would have been in the same place with that pickup truck. If they can pull me up and off and through the sky and all of this, then they obviously could have made a light change a minute early, or give me a flat tire, or or make my bike stall. But they let it happen, and that's how I know that it was in divine order for it to happen and so the 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 dark side they're just they're just tripping all over themselves you know they're just making all kinds of mistakes they're trying all these things and and the only people that that it works on is other people that are dark other people that are nasty that go through life lying cheating they want to hurt people and yeah it works on them but are in the light which is the, is the most powerful thing you can do as a human being because you bring all this protection around you that if you're one of theirs, they will watch over you and protect you. And you will grow more and more into being like them. And then there's not a whole lot of things that can really, um, uh, well, there's nothing that can come upon you that is not allowed to come upon you by the greatest force in the universe. And so anything that does come upon you, you know, it's it's for the good. Um, my new, One of my newest books that will be coming out soon is On Divine Order. nice yeah and it's the concept that everything is working for the highest best good of all concerned no matter what it looks like in the moment and that includes everything wars death uh you know diseases all of it is actually in divine order
0: like you were talking about you know these experiences you've had with demons or near death They let it happen, but like you said, you grew as a person, you grew stronger, and now you are where you are right now because of those things that happened.
1: Right, right. They let it happen, but they also buffered it, right? They changed. They didn't let it happen on the the field of Earth by by our natural laws. They brought in higher laws that defied laws of uh, momentum, inertia, gravity uh, is another one. Um, it defies all the laws, so they let the event happen, but they made it unfold the way they wanted it to happen, not the way it would normally happen for most people. Because for years, I remember um, had the occasion to to be in the a hospital one time, and I I don't know how I came across this person that had been in a motorcycle accident, and I won't I won't uh, gore up the, the airwaves with what I saw, but uh, this guy was like he was he was mangled. And it was, it was beyond, you know, anything you'd ever want to happen to even your worst enemy. And I'm like, you know, and it got me to thinking, and I've thought over the years, you know, there's so many stories of divine intervention. There's so many experiences that I've had myself. And why are some of us protected like that? Like, why are some people in a bubble or why in times of great need, do some people receive this miraculous otherworldly assistance? And then these other people, they're just allowed to just, they don't apparently they don't have any help. They're allowed to die, lose limbs. I mean, all kinds, you know, become uh, disfigured and all this craziness. Why? Mm -hmm. I finally realized because there's good people and there's bad people. And the good people have a lot more help from the good side. The bad people are left pretty much on their own, pretty much. I don't think there's anyone who doesn't have some assistance, but they're left pretty much on their own because this is their learning process. They've got to learn what doing this and being like this is going to lead to. And so they're allowed to to proceed as as they like free will. But when they come and try to mess with uh, people who work for the light or people who walk in the light, um, they find out that their weapons and their intentions are, are not going to. There's something in the Bible Bible about uh, no, no weapon shall prosper against you or something. There's, I'm not a big Bible scholar or anything, but there's something in there that says, you know, basically, no matter what they try, it ain't going to work. It ain't going to work on you because, you know, I got your back you know, whether you call it Jesus or God or whatever. And that's pretty much like it is. So it does give you a lot of uh, confidence, but not arrogance. You never want to become arrogant or uh, overconfident. Like I know that it's my um, my job to keep is, is in my highest way, you know, that I can do to keep myself from getting into any situations where I would need divine intervention anymore right? Don't drive too fast. Don't be, you know, walking around a dark alley uh, uh, late at night in a rough part of town. Uh, just, you know, wh- whatever it might be. Um, but if and when the need arises, I know that I'm not alone. And that's, that's very uh, um, heart, you know, is very strengthening to just your, your being that you know, it's not just the luck of the draw, and, uh, and the law of the jungle and all of this, that there's something else that comes in that most- The Universe of Every Religion and None, written by Roderick Edwards, narrated by John Ashton Nickerson. Roderick Edwards is the author of books
0: as varied as a fictional account of a person living in a deserted world to an autobiography
1: about his adoption and reunion to this book about the universe. Find out more at RoderickE.com. I got good idea.
0: Gloria I might get hungry later, baby. Hold this hot dog for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it feels like when you're broke down. Oh yeah.
1: See, this is why when I transport weed, I only carry one gram on me, when but I carry it in a, like an eight hundred pound safe. Can't.
0: We are happy our news team follow us. The they say you're damaged. We love Florida, man. They say they're damaged. damaged. They're go damaged goods. Damaged goods. Oh. So we talk cars. No. Uh, If you don't if you don't know where you're at. Oh, I know where I'm at. Oh, but you just said where am I? Well, I was trying to like save myself. (laughs) I I didn't even think about it. Fuck, there's a microphone. (laughs)
1: Where am I?
0: Big yellow truck. Driving away. I think you've had too much, (laughs) buddy. We are happy our news team. We are happy our news team. You can't be fixed. All the women in the neighborhood. They say you're damaged. What the fuck are you talking about? We are happy our news team. Follow us. So uh, let's get back around to to our regular regularly scheduled bullshit. <laughs> hey, so I'm sure you've noticed I've been getting a lot more celebrity guests on my show, and this is all thanks to Steve Joyner. He's a publicist, and man, this guy takes his work seriously. He does not fuck around, and this guy is keeping me busy, yo. He, yeah, I'm just getting so many celebrity guests. Thank you so much, Steve Joyner. And um, if you yourself are an actor, director, producer, and you are looking for a uh, publicist, do not hesitate to contact Steve, right? He is a really cool guy. You'll love him, okay? His phone number is 816-605-4561. Or if you would like to email him, it's uh, all one word, starts with a capital S, And it's stevesjnetwork at gmail.com. So, again, starts with a capital S. And then it's T-E-V-E-S-J-N-E-T-W-O-R-K at gmail.com. Tell him, Screamy Chewy sent you. You will not be disappointed. And, uh, yeah, so big shout-out to you, Steve. Thanks again, bro. Peace. You have that faith, huh? It'll protect you. And it's
1: not blind faith. Based on belief, it's actually it's actually faith <clears throat> that is based on experience. I mean, if you've seen it enough times, mm-hmm. you're like, "Well, if they could do this, if they could do that, if they could do that, and I know they can because I saw it, they did it for me, then what can't they do?" Well, the answer is there is nothing that they can't do. They 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 can do anything yeah. they want to do. They're they're the they're the ones with the real power. That they they're the ones that will that will last They're they're in the realm that is positive and, and life affirming and life regenerating and self-sustaining all of this other darkness is just illusion it, it seems very real but it's 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 come from from nowhere and it's going back there uh, so the so people who worry about you know what battle of armageddon or whatever you want to call it the big battle between, just know that there's no way they can't they cannot mm-hmm. win there's no way
0: yep exactly you know like you know no matter if you look at the bible or any religion light always is more powerful than the dark and that's why the dark that's why they look for individuals and try and weaken them and convince them that the light is not powerful because you lose that faith you lose that belief and they might have more power over you
1: try to win over those that are that are Uh, more light oriented than the average person, they try to seek those people out and win them over and get them to their side through various means, uh, temptation, you know, uh, and all of that. Um, But uh, if that fails, then they'll actually come after you, they will try to take your physical, they'll try to take you out of this world. So that, because you're, you're in opposition to them and you're fighting them and you're helping other people to resist that and to resist the, the uh, effects of their actions and, and whatnot. So it's definitely not an easy uh, road, you know, but it's, it's a better road. And if you go down that other road, you're gonna find out that, you know, that ain't gonna work out too well either because it never does, you know, yeah. Boy, and, we talked about a couple of things, and look at that list. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> we've been talking. We only talked about a few things. But
0: if if you got a lot, I mean, we could always make a part two. Right you know.
1: I, well, I'm good to go. I, I did an interview yesterday. Uh, I set a new record. It was uh, two and a half, uh, two hours and forty minutes. And, and just D-O, man. It up into, I think three or four, like part one, part two, part three, that kind of thing. Yeah, but I love talking about this stuff. I mean, some of this stuff I have on my list here. I haven't thought about for years, you know, but I'm like brainstorming this morning. I'm like, well, let me make a few notes just so I don't go to, you know, I don't go blank or whatever. And then every one of these things here reminds me of like a few others. Like there's just, you know, so much in there.
0: Because they overlap, huh?
1: Yeah, they, they overlap. Or if, if this one thing happened somewhere and you're like, oh yeah, that's just like what happened those other three times kind of a thing. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: Damn, man. You've had a lot of crazy run-ins with demons and dark forces, and it's amazing how you're still such a positive guy. You know, I love right.
1: that. Right. Well, you, you have to be, really. Otherwise, you go crazy, you know. And, uh, and then you start mixing that in with, uh, with the, the out-of-body stuff and the lucid dreaming and the mind power stuff which is the main thing i usually talk about um <clears throat> and it's just uh like never a dull moment you know and and you know i know there's there's people who uh like there's people who talk about all of these different things right that have gone through all of these different types of things with the with the exorcism and, and the possession and uh uh, out of body, astral travel, lucid dreaming. But I've never run across anybody yet who, like, they'll talk about one of these. They'll, they will be into lucid dreaming. That's what they do, or astral travel, out of body, or they work with demons and, or they're mis- they're, um, um, you know, uh, what do you call it, mediums. And they, they talk to dead people, see dead people and stuff. But I haven't heard anybody yet cover both of these, like two or three of these. Like, so I'm, I think I'm a little unique in that I have such a wide um, uh, breadth of experience in these different areas. They're very different areas, right? Um, but yet I've been um, deeply immersed in all of them. And so uh, I, got a, I got a lot of books to write. Let's put it that way, because I really want to share one of my, my books, too. I got two that are coming out pretty soon, and I have two more after that. Um, but Damn, those are, You're a those busy are, guy. <laughs> Yeah, well, and they're short books. I always I always tell people, remember, they're short books, but but it still works. But I, one of them's on dead people, secrets of dead people. So holy shit. Yeah. So I wrote uh, wrote a book about different things about dead people that most people don't know. And so I've got uh, 10, 10 oh. secrets on those, and that, that's one of the ones that's coming up pretty soon. Also, I just did a proofread of it um, not too long ago. So yeah, I would be getting books out faster, but like my life there's a lot of stuff I just have to do every day like everybody else and I try to fit in that that stuff. Um but uh they're coming.
0: I and you know I love how you have all these books, but you know what? You're not in it for the money. Like I love how you're just in it to spread the wisdom and just help people out, you know, cause a lot of your books are available for free on Kindle, right?
1: Yeah. Kindle, Barnes and Noble, Kobo, uh, basically every single, I have 11 books right now. Um, one of them attract money forever. People can get a free PDF download when they go to my website, uh, and subscribe for my free monthly mind power and money easing. Uh, but, um, all of, And the other 10 are free on Kindle, right? Kindle on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Kobo. And so, yeah, I encourage people right now. Like, I'm not promising everybody I'm going to keep all my books free for the rest of my life. I'm doing it right now because I'm inspired to do it. It feels that it's right. I know I'm supposed to be doing it. The new books that are coming out soon, uh, I know that those are going right into free. Uh, for the first week or so, there's going to be a price on them because uh, Amazon doesn't let you go straight to free. Like you got to put a price and then you got to jump through these hoops and publish in other places. And then they'll price match the free because they won't be undersold. So, but mm-hmm. shortly after these new books come out they'll be free, but I encourage people to just go wherever you get your eBooks. Most people get them on Kindle, but go there and just search my name or you know how when one person's book comes up and then you can click and go to their uh, their author page or just put their name in and all of my books will come up. And I, I encourage people to download all of them. I know you're not going to read them all this week, but get them now. They're free. Sock them away and then read them as, you, as you're inspired and as you can get to. Because they're, they're, every single book I have right now is free in digital format. So there's no barriers to, to collecting them up and then reading them as you feel inspired. That's awesome.
0: So download them all right now while they're free. You know, that's smart.
1: Yeah, yeah, Yep. And so I don't know if you want to talk about anything else, or because I got yeah, man. There or
0: <laughs> oh yeah, man. Whatever you got, man. I oh, love man. it, man. This is a some crazy fucking shit, man. I love it. And yeah, like that chick that was possessed, and her yeah. voice turned into a dude's voice, yeah. and
1: that's one it, of the highlights. Yeah, that's yeah. And then and, again, then me. I mean, you know, you think oh it can't get any worse. Oh yeah. Yeah, it can get worse. Yeah, yeah. that
0: you look in the mirror and you see it in your eyes, like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, now I think about it, I'm like, damn, you know, how how did I, how am I still here? And, uh, For you know, sure. You know, that's the big one. How am I still here, you know?
0: And but, the motorcycle accident, like, I, I knew a guy who died in just like that. In right. your situation, uh, I think he was hauling ass down the street. And somebody pulled out of these apartments without stopping, you know, they didn't stop and look both ways. They just straight up pulled out and he fucking hit that car straight on. He just smashed on the side of it and, you know, passed away. Cause like you said, he hit his bike, hit the car, boom. And he, he went flying over and, you know,
1: yeah,
0: I think he was in critical condition and died in the hospital a few hours later But for you to fly straight up in the air instead of forward or whatever direction you were going, that's...
1: Yeah, so what happened to him is just about what would have happened to me without the intervention. But now I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot one part of the story. Um, I told you the thing came up and got in the guy. Well, another one of those dark things, there was two of them. One got up into the driver of the pickup truck and came up and got into me. And... He got right into me and squeezed the, uh, because they all know what's going on. Like the light knows what's going on. The dark knows what's going on. They know it before it happens. They're already, because there's no time over there. Like they can see ahead. And uh, the dark ones already knew that the light ones were going to help me when they got in that thing. And so this thing came out of the ground and got in me and actually took my knees and with a force enough to crush the sides of the gas tank to try to hold me on the bike. That's why the gas tank was crushed from the sides, because one of the dark uh, ones was in me trying to nail so that I couldn't go, that I couldn't be pulled up like they were going to try to do. So that, I'm glad you brought that up because that was an important part of that. uh,
0: Oh, so that explains the indentations on the sides. sides.
1: That wasn't me. I didn't, I don't have that strength, you know, (laughs) Uh, but they do, I guess. And uh, so I'm crossing out a couple of these. It makes it easier to see some of the other ones. Uh, And uh, let's see. Uh, uh, I told you that we have uh, dead people around here all the time. And uh, for years, this is many years ago, uh, because I want people to understand that dead people are everywhere. Remember the the, uh, Sixth Sense? And uh, where the kids finally tell him Bruce Willis his uh, secret. Yes. Uh, I see Classic. Dead people. Yeah. That, that's the scene from that movie, right? That every, And he's like, I see dead people. And he's like, uh, Bruce Willis, whatever he said, like, like in graveyards, you know, or whatever. No, <laughs> oh, they're everywhere. You know, they're walking around like regular people. Well, I want people to know that that's really true. I mean, that movie is based on that's the way it really is. Um, There's dead people everywhere. Uh, Most people have dead people around them or visiting them, whether they're loved ones or you go into a place like um, uh, you go into a bar, for instance, a corner bar, you know, and there's dead people in there. These are people that used to drink a lot and they can't drink on the other side. So they come and they get around to get in people's oars and they feel that they vicariously feel what it's like to to be drinking. Um, But we, We have dead people that come here almost every day. Um, And they're mostly people we know. They're just visiting. Kathy's mother, who passed away some years ago, she visits. But for years, I would just automatically uh, erupt into these little comedy skit things, kind of a thing that I would do for uh, Kathy and her sister, Linda, who lives with us. And what it was is I would start to act like uh, someone we knew who's dead right? So we had this one friend, uh, Hugh, and he's this great big tall guy and his son, they were both alcoholics, his son lived him. his son got him drinking, and then they both became hardcore alcoholics. But he was this great big guy with big beer belly, and he used to walk around and him and his son had a Funny relationships, so he's always like, you know, shut up, Eric, you know. And so I would, I'd stand up and I'd stick my belly out, and <laughs> this is just one example of one of the people. I stick my belly out it. Yeah, shut up, Eric, you know, you don't know nothing. And <laughs> one day, I don't know if it was him or one of them, but I get up to do one of my little routines to make fun of one of these dead people we know, you know, ex- like you would do an impersonation, like you're exaggerating how they were, you know. <laughs> yeah. But one day I get up to do one of these. And out of the corner of my eye, I see the person—the person I was just going to make fun of. Oh, fuck, bro! There. Right, and I realized in that moment, holy cow, that's what I've been doing. I, I, or, or we have friends that used to have uh, um, certain sayings. Like this one—this one old guy we knew that he died. He, he used to always say, you know, in the course of conversation, "Yepo." right yep oh and so i'd say you know yep oh and now as soon as uh, any of us here in the house we say you know yep oh or or a phrase or something or like kathy's mother uh if you'd say in conversation one of her little phrases like oh i'm going down to the down to the store mom uh, oh you are are you right uh or oh, so and so did such and such you wouldn't believe it oh he did did he well, anytime we say that now, oh, you are, are you? We immediately realize it's it's her. And then we look for her and we find her. Like she's right she's right there in the, in the room. Uh, so I want people to know that, um, and it's, it'll be in my book too, the, the Secrets of Dead People, that uh, they are really everywhere. That's really how it works. There's a lot of people who when they die, they don't know they're dead and they uh, don't move on naturally to the other side. There's other people who maybe have moved on uh, in a way, but they also come back to visit and to look over, you know, uh, their loved ones to help them in certain ways. They, you know, some people, uh, believe and have the experience of their dead mother, for instance, being their guardian angel, something like that. So, um, yeah, that's all, that's all very real. And, uh,
0: I, I believe it, man, my, my buddy, Mark, um, his dad passed away like 10 years ago, maybe a little bit longer. Right. Uh, but, you know, after the funeral, you know, family and everybody, everybody's drinking, you know, and just reminiscing about his dad, and, you know, talking about him and joking. And, you know, by the door, they had the where you hang your keys. Right. Everybody had their keys there because they're all drinking. Somebody nobody's going to drive home. They all hung their keys and they're all talking about his dad and laughing. And then, like, all of a sudden, all the keys, it's like somebody like swiped them, like, poosh they all started like jingling and shit.
1: Right, right. Well, yeah. And uh, here's a good example for um, working for the light, but also for for being open to spirit and being guided. So this is many years ago. Kathy and I are, we're walking uh, in this town we lived in and uh, we're walking down the street and our whole lives together. We've been really into healthy food and, you know, eating right and all. And uh, different things at different times, fasting, fruitarianism, vegetarianism, uh, intermittent fasting, uh, raw food diet, just all these different things at different times. And at this time of our, our lives, we were not eating donuts, right? Donuts was not on the healthy food list. And we're walking down the street and, and there's this donut shop we've seen a million times. And I'm like, I want a donut. <laughs> She's like, well, we don't eat donuts, you know, I, I, got, I just got to have a donut, you know, We just go across the street. So we go across the street to this donut shop and we come in and, you know, it's got the bell on the door. So ding when you come in the door and uh, the guy comes out from the back and he looks he looks all scared. He goes, oh, he says that that bell's been ringing all night. and I come out here and there's nobody there. And uh, so we talked to him a little bit and whatnot. And uh, I guess at this time, I don't know if Kathy had become aware yet or not, but there was a dead young woman in the donut shop. And the guy ended up telling us the story. However, this, this is decades ago. However, this all came around. And we actually saw where they had plugged up um, bullet holes in the, the counter or something. I know there was bullet holes that we could see, but uh, this girl's boyfriend had come into the donut shop and shot her to death while she oh. was at work. And, uh, so Kathy was able, and she was trapped in the donut shop the whole time. And so she was, I don't know if she was trying to get his attention or what with the ringing on the door, you know, the bells and all, but Kathy of course was able to help her to move on, tell her that she was dead. And then when she does that, the, the helpers from the, uh, the light realm, they always come in from above and, uh, she was al- able to help her to move on, but that's, so that's an important thing, but. Just as important is the fact that all of a sudden I had to have a donut, right? I had to be a part of it. I had to be open to be guided to do something that logically and in my conscious mind, I don't do at this time in my life. But I had to say, listen, I, I have to have a donut. And uh, like we the donut and
0: led you to take Kathy over there right, and help, exactly. help the ghost
1: to free up that, that woman. So that, that was a, an interesting one. So, you know, my stories that I've been through, they, they do show, it's very interesting because they show different aspects of things and, and how all of this kind of uh, fits, fits together. And um, But there was one here, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, uh, here's one that involves ghosts and astral travel. Um, we were living in Oregon And my, um, my, I'm from New Jersey. And so I was just spontaneously, like when I say spontaneously, I mean I didn't like, like sometimes I become aware I'm in my, I'm asleep and I can uh, get out of my sleeping body and get out and go even to other realms or just walk around the house. But there's other times when I just become aware that I'm somewhere else. And uh, so this for about a, I don't know, maybe a week or so. Um, I was uh, falling asleep in, in Oregon, Ontario, Oregon, but I was waking up in uh, uh, w- where my grandparents lived, this neighborhood my grandparents lived in New Jersey. Uh, and it's dark, it's at night, just like it would be when I was really sleeping. And I'd be walking around the middle of the streets around the old neighborhood and I would run into my grandfather. Who was deceased at this time, and but he wasn't old and you know emphysema ridden, ridden and all that. Like I remember him, he was young. He was in his prime, like 35 years old. And I would talk to him. We would just come face to face in the middle of the street, and we would talk. I never remembered what we talked about, but every night, every morning, I remembered that I had been there and that I had talked to him. And so that's a um, that's an experience. Uh, that shows um not only astral travel uh in this case not to another dimension but to a a physical location on planet earth and involves a dead person now my grandfather he didn't believe in um um anything after the physical like he i asked him one time specifically i was in a a school where we were all about spiritual school when i was in my early 20s uh, reincarnation you know past lives and all this and and I asked him once when I was visiting New Jersey. Um, you know, Gramps, what do you think about? You know, what do you think happens when you die? Do You think you live on? I mean, what happens? He says, No. He says, well, That's it. You're, that's it. Like worm bait. You know, there. You don't. There's no heaven. There's no anything. You're done. It's all biological, is what he thought. But uh, but I'm not the only one who who saw him. My my aunt and my uncle. Um, lived around the corner from my grandmother, this is on my father's side, who who was still living at the time. And they were like, literally, you know, you walk two houses to the corner and then two, maybe three houses down. And that's their house, like their houses were five away from each other, maybe, but around the corner. And one day, uh, my aunt and uncle were walking over to my grandmother's house, and they passed my grandfather on the sidewalk. <laughs> hey, Dad, how you doing? And then like, Whoa, you know then they realized wait a second dad's dead you know her for him it was dad and then another time my father was on a um, he was on a, a hunting trip <clears throat> he used to hunt in younger days and he, when he was coming back from this hunt, hunting trick he was um, in uh, a severe storm you know, like a rainstorm and lightning and all this and um, um, I forget exactly how it goes but when he he got back and uh, someone, I, I think it was his new wife's son or something. But someone had come over to the house, and they came in the in the house, and they asked him who the old man was in his in his truck. He had a um, Chevy Blazer, I think it was. Who's that old guy in your truck? And of course, they go out and look. You know, well, who's in my truck? If there's nobody there, but he explained the person, and it was my grandfather. So my, my father believes that my grandfather was actually and he was behind the wheel, not in the passenger seat, I guess. Wow. Grandfather, he believes my grandfather helped him drive home through that uh, that really bad um, storm. <clears throat> so there's another one I've crossed off. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, let's, wow. Uh, 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 let's see. Kathy, not sure. uh, we know Kathy's a natural born medium and that helps especially when you have a lot of lot of dead people around you at night when you're trying to get some sleep so
0: she's used to it right she sees them every day
1: yeah yeah yeah. she all the time and a lot of time like there's this one time we were out and we were at an auto auto place it was a sears auto and uh we were having our car worked on and like it's not like for me or her it's not like you walk around like and you just see dead people everywhere. You'd probably be, go crazy if you did because you couldn't tell who's dead and who's alive. <laughs> yeah. But when you, when you're, when uh, it comes to your attention somehow, then you're like, oh yeah, right. So I'm sitting there. Um, and we're sitting there and across from us in the waiting room, there's this old lady sitting there. And I see this young man. I mean, there's this young man uh, sitting there and I see this old lady standing right behind him. And I say to Kathy, you know, looked over at that young guy over there do you see uh do you, do you see somebody there and she looks over and she said yeah and we always test each other right we don't want to say you see that old lady there with the gray hair and oh yeah i see her no do you see anybody there And she's like yeah and i say well explain you know what do you see and it's like well she's an old lady she's behind him and i said okay i said well you know find out some more and uh it's his grandmother deceased grandmother and uh she and here's something for people anybody who is a medium of any sorts and can get any kind of messages just because you can get the messages doesn't necessarily mean you have to give them like dead people don't let them boss you around like you know she wanted her her grandson to know something i love you i know you're doing good in school turns out he's in college and whatever um and i'm watching over you and so she's like I don't know. And but she decided to go over there and the guy, he just wasn't having any of it. Like he's like, Oh what's you know, you know, who are you? You're like, what are you trying to tell me? You know? And so it it didn't he wasn't open and receptive. But that's a time where you know we were out together, and that's another example that <clears throat> the dead people are everywhere. And they're in places like the girl in the donut shop. They're also following people like the grandma with the son. You can also um, uh, pick up dead people, like from uh, if you uh, see an accident, you see somebody die, or you're in a hospital and somebody dies. They might latch onto you. They don't know what's going on. They're scared, you know, and they just latch onto you. You come home with a ghost you didn't know. You you know you didn't know this person, or you you end up going home with this person. One time we went to a hospital, and there was this old woman who uh, we were visiting who was very sick. I guess she had gone into like a coma or whatever. She, she was, when we saw her, she was like bloated and tubes or whatever. Uh, but when we got there and we're looking at her and we're like, you know, uh, I was telling her, you know, it's okay. You can go on and this. And that. I thought she was still alive, but then I'm looking and and we're like, I think she's dead. I mean, I don't, I don't know what's going on. So we went and got a, a, and, uh, She's like, oh, no, no, we just checked on her right before you got here. You know, she, she's she's fine. She's fine. I said, no, I think she's dead. Please come and check. And so the nurse comes in. I don't know why buzzers didn't go off or whatever. I think something's supposed to happen. But she comes in. And, oh, yeah, you're right. She's dead. You know, I shouldn't have to tell you that your patient is dead. But anyway, we left there. And this woman hitched the ride, like she came with us. She got into Kathy's aura <clears throat> and she came with us. Uh, and it's it just uh, highly, you know, uh, interesting that we got there. They had just checked her and she was alive. But basically when we got there is like almost the moment she had died or just before we entered the room or something. Um, and then we went to this place where uh, she was from this spiritual school we had gone to. And, and there was this... Uh, People would congregate there over the years and we went there and then there was another friend, more her age, who was, she was good buddies with and stuff. And she jumped off of Kathy and latched on to that woman, who now is also deceased, just coincidentally, not having anything to do with that. So they'll they'll travel with you. They'll follow you. You'll go out and one of them will become aware of you and, and come home with you. It's just they're like like the kid says in the movie, they're everywhere. They're walking around just like regular people, and it's and it's really uh, true. But it can empower you when you start to understand that it is real, and that some of your thoughts aren't your thoughts, and that if you're there was one woman, we gave this lecture in a in a bookstore. Uh, <clears throat> this is decades ago. We were very we were kids, you know, young. We were in our twenties, I guess. Um, and this woman had come and heard our spiritual lecture we gave, and stuff and you know we can hand out little flyers or whatever and so she calls us um a while after that and um uh, let me make a little note here and uh she's just beside herself because she has all of a sudden become a compulsive gambler right never had any interest in gambling in her entire life and now she can't stop gambling and uh-huh out of of nowhere nowhere. and so kathy starts you know talking to her the, the the uh over the phone this is all over the phone and uh come to find out her father had passed away not long ago and he was a compulsive gambler and so he attached himself to her he's a compulsive gambler he might not even understand Probably doesn't, or even if he thinks he is, he doesn't understand what it really means and like the full ramifications. But he's got this gambling compulsion. So now she starts gambling. She's got all of these compulsive thoughts about gambling, but she doesn't understand a very key issue here. They're not her thoughts. They're his thoughts. He's living vicariously through her. And now it's just as if, remember I said earlier, some people commit violent crimes and things with when some entity gets in them that has, has a violent, you know, personality or bent. So uh, she worked with them and, and it was really, uh, this was one of those tough um, things where he was firmly all wrapped. He was like in her spine and stuff. Right. So Kathy had to do all this work to, to uh, get her out. And
0: he did not want to leave. Right. He
1: he didn't want to leave, but she got her out. So uh, he, she got him out. We knew, fine, that's it. The woman, she's good now. We ended up giving another lecture uh, at another, I think it was the same place uh, one time. And uh, the, the woman, like we knew that the problem was over. There's, there's no way it's not, right? Because he's gone now. So we didn't have to follow up. She never called us back. But one time we were given that lecture and that same woman came back and she didn't come in the room, but we both saw her peeking in the room. Like she came, she's like peeking in at us, like all wide-eyed, like what the fuck, you know? And, uh, she and she, I think that's the first time I ever said fuck on an interview. Hey, it's the first time I ever wore a ball cap too. So I usually hear that nice. my newsboys or my derbies, right? So all right, so I'm human, yeah, all right. Uh, but anyway, hey man, I'm
0: I'm just glad you're comfortable enough to be yourself and you know just well, relax well, it's and- a very,
1: don't, yeah, don't have it's very worry. comfortable space on these in this interviews with you that you open up because you're you're a real guy and you're spontaneous and you know you're not you're not putting on you know like you're just chewy right yep, and
0: just be yourself
1: yeah right that's right and uh, so anyway she just peeked in at us all bug-eyed you know but it's like she's kind of like she's afraid too but she had to come see us or something and then she scooted out when we came out there was nothing. Uh, she was nowhere to be seen, but she did follow up by coming and taking a peek at us. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. And,
0: you um, caught her.
1: <laughs> well, caught her. and uh, <clears throat> But uh, okay, I put here on uh, out-of-body experiences. So they happen different ways. Um, and when I was a child, I would wake up sitting in my room. And, and of course, I didn't know I was out of my body, but I'm just all of a sudden, there I am. So there's a couple of ways it happens. One is I might just be walking in my house in the dark and then realize, oh, wait a second. I just went to sleep a half, you know, a little while ago. Oh, I'm out of my body, right? I'm, I'm remembering right now a specific situation. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna go outside. I reach for the doorknob and I'm like, well, wait a second. I don't have to open the door. And I just like walk through the door outside, fly around the hood or whatever. Um, other times <clears throat> oh and this is how I can wrap into a, a, a couple of ghost stories really that coincide with out of body one is Kathy and I were living in this house and we had been living there uh, and her sister we'd be living there for oh no her sister was living next door the mom was still alive so we had two houses at this time in, in California San Diego area uh, next door to each other Kathy and I were living in one and uh, one night I <clears throat> Which is you, I wake up, and I'm all of a sudden, I'm seeing, it's like you're laying down and you open your eyes, right? Now you're awake. But then you realize that, wait a second, like, I'm not awake. My body is still sleeping, but my mind woke up, like I'm aware of the room now. And so there's different techniques for, you know, rocking out of your body or uh, uh, uh willing yourself to float up there's different ways that i use to get out of my body but whoa I'm, I'm not in my yeah so i'm not in my my bedroom or i might have been in my bedroom this first night but i i get out and i get out of my body and i walk around our house that we've been living in for a really long time but it's not our furniture the same exact house but there was this old couch uh Uh, There was this uh, big old wood table in the kitchen all piled with boxes. The whole place was a mess, like a pack rat kind of a situation. Um, And so what happened there is that I had woken up that, that I didn't, we didn't know this at the time, but the woman who had lived there prior, I don't know if it was just prior or even prior to that or whatever, but she had died there in that house. She didn't know she was dead and she was still living in the house. Now, when I got out of my body and walked around her house, seeing her table, her boxes, you know, her couch where I had a bookcase now and stuff, um, I broke the the barrier between those two worlds. And so I don't know how soon after that, it was very soon. And this night I was in the living room on the couch because it was in the summer and the couch was right under an open window that had a cooler breeze at night once it got nighttime. So I'm sleeping on the couch and uh, I become aware that of, a, of something. So something makes me snap out of my sleep, but my body is still sound asleep. And I look over to the side of the room and there's this tall, lanky woman, a tall, skinny, lanky, with like a house dress on, like uh, to her knees or a little below her knees, actually. And uh, as soon as I saw her, she saw me and um oh, yeah right so i go like this boom and then she she's walking from the one bedroom into the other and she's like and as soon as she saw me she like she like just started you know bounding over straight towards me and i was my body's paralyzed because i'm asleep and and what happens when that kind of thing happens is i start trying to yell but I'm not saying what I'm trying to say. You're just hearing the girls hear, oh, oh like a moaning kind of a sound. Um, so I had, in, in the previous night or whatever it was, I had broken the barrier between our worlds by waking up in her world and walking around her house. And then that uh, made me more sensitive to when she was getting close to me in that, in that realm that is both her house and mine. I became aware of her, she became aware of me and all that. <clears throat> now, after that, all of a sudden, we got all this crazy stuff going on, like lights going on and off by themselves stuff. And this goes on for a couple of days. And I had told Kathy what didn't happened. And she she um, said that, well, yeah, she said, I know some lady, you know, I was in bed the other day and some, some la- dead lady came up to me and was trying to say something and I didn't really... Understand what she was saying, and I, I was tired, so I just kind of ignored her and went to sleep or whatever. I <laughs> I said that she looked like this, and yeah, and yeah, yeah. That's her, and so I said, well, can we get rid of her? Right, she ain't paying rent, right? So <laughs> time to move on. So Kathy's like, okay. So Kathy is uh, talking to the woman, and she's trying to get her to, and this this is interesting too because every other time. Um, like when we did the exorcism, and I, I saw the, the light people come in and the, that being eventually go out of the girl into me, but then up into the light. When people pass on Kathy is that Kathy has seen, there's always um, light, and there's presences that come down, and then the person always goes up. But in this one particular situation, she finally did explain to the woman, and the woman understood that she was dead, um, but she didn't end up going up into the light there was a light tunnel there was a dark tunnel and it didn't come from above it came from like straight on oh there was her another old lady neighbor that lived in the house next door that now kathy and linda's sister lived in she came and got her friend and they went off into the dark tunnel until they were out of sight so they, for whatever reason, they're not ready now. See, so now you do have dead people also who know they're dead, but they're still kind of here, like they're not ready to move on for some reason. And so they, um, they went off. And of course, that was the end of that. Never saw her again, never saw her furniture again when I was out of my body and never, um, uh, no more tapping in the wall or, or anything like that. So um and then there was another experience we were living in a different house it was the same owners an old italian guy who owned several houses around town and uh, so we're in another house of his which is actually uh, te- it's through a gate but it's technically next door to that house that we lived in right but now we're in another house it's a two-story house and um i'm in i'm in bed one night uh, well, I'm in my room one night and I catch a glimpse, I'm awake, I'm fully awake. And I catch a glimpse of a woman and two children uh, coming from the upper room. I was in an upstairs attic room going down the stairs. I, I saw them and I ended up telling Kathy about it. So I like got some ghosts in this house too. You know, this is a woman and two children. So I'm assuming the children died with her and all that, but uh <clears throat> was really creepy or to scare the heck out of me is that one night I was uh, and as she was going down, she had kind of like glanced over. So like I knew she saw me too, but I was awake. I was fully awake in my waking body. But then one night I'm sleeping on my back in my bed. And uh, when these presences come towards me, that can wake me up, but usually not my physical body. It only wakes up my consciousness, takes me back from wherever I am into the body. Uh, And so I'm laying down And I'm asleep, I'm sound asleep, and I wake up, but not my physical body. So I'm actually seeing through my eyelids, if you want to call it that. And I open my eyes, and I'm on my back, and I'm fully paralyzed. Like I can't move, and I'm on my back. And I open my eyes, and that woman's face is right here. She's looking right in my face. I'm getting goosebumps right now because she knows, like, I'm connecting with her right now. And as soon as she sees it, I see her. She just screams this blood curdling scream right into my face. "Ah, ah," Right, right there in my face. Oh,
0: my God. I
1: I think that time I was able to actually I was started moaning and all that. But I I think that time I'll have to see if Kathy remembers. But I think that time I actually um, uh, actually was able to wake myself up, like wake my body up and get out of that bed. But that was terrifying because I couldn't move. And she was like, it's like, you know, you got this thing that is not pleasant and is trying to scare you. I guess, I don't know why she would scream at me like that, but you're face to face and you can't move. That was scary.
0: Was it like yeah. a sleep paralysis kind of deal?
1: Yeah. it's yeah. sleep paralysis. Cause when you're asleep, your body's paralyzed because it protects you from acting out and rolling out of bed and, you know, hurting somebody you're sleeping with, or whatever, like that, and uh, start so punching
0: them. You think it's a demon,
1: <laughs> right? Exactly. So when you um, when you uh, wake up, which most people never do, right? But some people do. They 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 become aware, and they're in the room, and they're in their body, but yet they're paralyzed. It's not that they're awake and their body's paralyzed; it's that their body's asleep and their mind is aware and therefore they can't move. And people uh, talk one of the most uh, her- you know terrifying experiences of their life sleep paralysis.
0: Oh yeah, um I I've, I've done some research on it and most people they only experience it once or twice in their whole life. Right. But when I was like from age 14 to like 20 21, I lived in this house on the street called Garcia and I remember that house so much because every night I used to see shadow people all over my walls. And when I lived in that house, I would have sleep paralysis so much like it was common for me. Sometimes I would have it twice in in the same week. And what, after I moved out of that house, I never saw shadow people or had sleep paralysis ever again.
1: Right. Right. So that shows you that the environment that you're in Um, affects those types of things. You know, when you're in an environment conducive to that, or you're in a dark, or that has these beings around it and all of that, uh, you can become aware. um, um, You're aware of the darkness, even though you might not know what's going on and all of that, but you wake up on some level, but your body is actually still asleep, even though you become aware, but you've got that what they call sleep paralysis. And it's terrifying because you feel completely vulnerable. Uh-huh. Like whatever's going to happen is going to happen, and I can't do anything about it because all I can do is sit here and look and see what's happening.
0: Just panicking in the inside.
1: <laughs> right, right. So that's, you know, that's pretty, uh, uh, it's a very scary experience. Another, another way um, I do <laughs> when I get out, when I wake up and I'm laying there and I open my eyes, and when I realize, wait a second, my body is still asleep. I talked about maybe trying to rock out of my body back and forth, back and forth until I can get out or even uh, thinking, sometimes I can just keep projecting and, and imaging myself over by the door standing. Uh, that, I'm not that good at that, um, but also rising up, just rising up out and then just planting your feet on the ground. The easiest one for me is rocking. So, But this one time I became aware, and this brings in another couple of things that, that I haven't talked about. Um, One time I became aware I was asleep. We were in a second floor apartment building, Kathy and I, of an apartment building. I become aware that I'm asleep, but I'm aware and awake. And I shake and rock at it. One of the things before I started shaking is I noticed is that there was a chandelier on my, like, this is the exact room I'm sleeping in that I see. I'm in this room. I'm aware my body's asleep, but there's a chandelier on the ceiling. Hmm. where did that come from? I don't know. (laughs) Right. But it's there. Uh, So I rock out of my body. I get up and I walk over to my door and I'm like, I'm going to go outside. And I, uh, I open the door. And one interesting thing was that there was all these rats running astral rats, right? They're not really there, but they're rats running around on the landing. Uh, We had a dedicated landing just for our unit. So you come up those stairs and And that was it. We had a little landing thing there in our door and there was these rats running around. But then there is another thing that was interesting. Everything was exactly as it really is, except for the chandelier and the rats so far. But also what I noticed is that at the bottom of the stairs, there was a gate. Like you couldn't just walk up the stairs. You had to open a metal gate to then come up our stairs. And I realized that was me. Like, I'm, I'm very uh, territorial, right? This is my space. I don't want strangers come around. Don't try to sell me anything. You know, just leave me be when I'm in my home. I'm taking a break from all you guys, right? And so I, I realized right away, oh, I put that there. That's like my astral uh, um, projection without ever conscious mind thinking it. But I actually put a, a gate there that, you know, to make me feel more safe or whatever.
0: For protection and privacy,
1: Right, right. So that's an interesting thing that when you when you are in your your when you're in the astral, like you can go to other realms also, uh, that are astral worlds that are not this world. But even when you're in this world, there, there's going to be a little bit of uh, projection where you're there are things that you don't see when you're awake, but that you'll see when you're asleep. You could be projecting them at the moment, but I think more that it's. Um, it's what's there in, in the space as well. Like that chandelier at one time must've been there or somebody must've lived there and wanted one and thought about putting one up, whatever it was, that was a mind projection that I was able to see when I got out of my body. And I remember going out into the, then I walked out through the gate, uh, into the parking lot. And I, um, I flew, uh, high up through the air. And like I flew faster and higher than I've ever flown before. <clears throat> but then I came to like a top and it was like a shelf that I was on. And I I, I pulled myself up on the shelf and I was trying to push through like I had reached the ceiling of my ability to go any further or something. And I'm not sure this might be the same time i'm not sure if i got through it but i'll just tell it as a different story because i'm not sure if it's the same night maybe it's in my notes somewhere i keep a notebook by my bed every night uh, i wake up i write down dreams i just had a lucid dream a couple days ago but i write down all my normal dreams the more i write them down the more i'm able to remember them the more i'm able to remember them the more aware i am of that and then the more lucid dreams i have out of body it all kind of ties in but i went to this one place and it was a an alternate uh reality and it was just like it is here but and i was on a cul-de-sac and there was all these houses like two-story houses everybody had their driveway and they were like the the grassy hill in front was raised up so the houses were kind of up from the street level and i'm walking around this uh, cul-de-sac everything looks just like it does here on earth except for one main difference the houses, I don't know what the material was, but the houses looked like they were made out of glass. So they were completely transparent. So you could see in everybody's house because these people had nothing to hide. Like they didn't have anything to hide. Everything was an open book. Everyone was honest and everyone was just, we are what we are, we are where we are, and here we are. And so you could just walk around the cul-de-sac and look inside everybody's house. But I say everybody's just open and everything. It's not exactly true because as I'm coming around the cul-de-sac and I'm coming this other way, there's this this person coming towards me. And it was a woman. It was a a short, uh, you know, thin woman who had um, this uh, hoodie, like a hoodie pulled over. And she was like, so she was this dark little sneaky thing. And she was walking around peeking at people in their houses. So was she from that same realm or had she come from somewhere else? At first I thought, well, it's like, you know, how you have rich neighborhoods and poor neighborhoods, right? You have uh, different ethnic neighborhoods and all that. I thought, oh, okay, this is the open spiritual people's part of town. And she must be from the dark side of town where you can't see through their walls and where they got all the stuff and stuff. And, uh,
0: that makes yeah. And I,
1: I think that that's what it was. All right. All right. So, you know, the story of the, of the uh, glass houses and uh, the little dark girl. Um, That's just another example. You know, there's so many realms, there's so many dimensions or parallel universes or whatever people want to call them. They have a lot of different names for them, but uh, it's all part of the deal. And when you, when you start to, and anybody can learn this, I want people to know lucid dreaming, out of body, uh, astral travel, anybody can learn the abilities you need to hear about it, find out about it. And then learn about it, and then you know you can start doing it. Some people are more acclimated than others, or you know predisposed to it. But anyone can learn this, um, and so I encourage people to maybe open that door if they're interested in, in that uh, in that particular realm.
0: And so, just yeah. be careful, right, when you go when you go in other dimensions, right?
1: Yeah, be careful because you're far away from home and it ain't your neighborhood, and, uh, and, and ain't none of your homies there, right? You're on your <laughs> and uh, you don't know the rules, you don't know the laws, and uh, you, you know you don't know what kind of law enforcement they have. So, luckily, you can you can wake up, and, and you know, even if they stick you in jail or something, you you won't still be there. But then again, <laughs> another party you might. So you never know. But it's yeah, it's it's a fascinating, fun. Uh, process, even just getting out of your body and walking around your own house and just knowing, hey, I can go outside and fly and going outside and flying. And even if you don't get into another uh, right away, some other realm or dimension or world uh, universe, uh, just just being able to defy the laws of gravity and stuff in your own neighborhood, go out, fly around in your own neighborhood. It's it's extremely cool. It's exhilarating. It's fun. You wake up feeling empowered, like, you know, you, you realize you're you're more than just your your fleshly body. And it just increases that awareness even more.
0: You know, I've only had one dream where I one that I really vividly remember where I was able to fly. And I remember I was with my friends outside in the middle of the street. It was like a abandoned highway or something. And for some reason, I learned how to fly. And everybody was like, how do you do that? How do you how you know how to do it? And I'm like, this is how you do it. And I would like run and jump and I would fly. And I'd be like, it's so easy, you know, and I was trying to show them how to fly and they couldn't.
1: Right, right. You know, I've come to understand that a lot of, if not all, flying dreams are actually astral experiences. And when I, when I was a very young child, I used to have a lot of falling dreams, like I would be. Hanging on the uh, on the cliff and and sliding down and trying not to come and what it was I years later I recognized I was coming back into my body. Oh. Falling dreams and flying dreams they're they're more likely uh, to be astral experiences. So you you could have been out there with your buddies in their astral. You hang around in the daytime together and at night you're all out of your bodies. You tend to congregate. And we do this all the time, but people don't remember it. It's the part of the remembering. It's not you've done it, it's the first time maybe you remember doing it. And, uh, but that just as likely could have been an astral experience, those were really your friends, and you figured out about the flying, however it came to you. Um, So people mistake astral experiences for dreams sometimes when they're actually, the people you're seeing are not projections or just dream characters or, or something you're projecting from memory, but actually those other people themselves. That's another part of it.
0: Wow, man. And, you know, like I said, man, I love this kind of stuff. And you talked about some creepy stuff, man. Like Demons. I mean, <laughs> damn, man. You know, motorcycle accident. I mean, you should right. be dead, bro. That's crazy.
1: Right, right. Every day is a gift now, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. And you actually fought a demon, bro. You fought him off. Like, that's crazy, man. Yeah. And here you are still just positive guy. You know, it, it didn't change you in a negative way. You know, you're just like, oh, here I am. And you're just being you.
1: Right, right. I don't know. In one sense, I don't know what would have happened without that couple that I went to, the Christian couple or uh, born again, whatever they were. But on the other hand, I feel like I would have found some. I, I called her like I made that connection to, to make that happen. But but really, it was what they did. That was kind of like the catalyst. But there's yeah. always a way, there's always a way out, whether it's astral uh, or whether it's physical, material, financial, whatever it is, there's absolutely always a way and you just got to find it. And as long as you don't give up and, you, and you're and you a good person and you're in the light, you're going to find it and everything's going to work out and you're going to probably look back and say, wow, I'm glad that happened. I'm a better person. I'm stronger. I'm more knowledgeable. I can be more help out kind of people. And uh it's, uh, it's all a blessing in the end. But I tell you, when you're going through it, it don't feel like a blessing. But uh, when you get through it, and you see what what it's uh, helped you to, how it's helped you to grow, then you know, it's all good.
0: Very wise words, James. I love it. You know, so for anybody listening, whatever you're going through, how tough it is, it might seem, you know, impossible, but you know, like James said, you're going to go through it. You're going to come out of it and you're going to come out stronger. And, you know, I'd like to thank you for coming back on again. And, um, of course, we, we haven't even gone like halfway through your list, you know, of experiences. Right. <laughs> so we'll definitely continue. This is a part one. Um, and, James, uh, where can people get a hold of you, uh, your website, your books? Where...
1: Right. Well, uh, just go to my website. It's the best place to start. It's my name, James, G-O-I-J-R.com, com. .com. There you can connect to the social media platforms, And uh, also you can search my name on Amazon or any of, you know, Barnes and Noble and whatnot and find my books. My print books are just on this time, uh, but the the, uh, eBooks like the Kindle books on Amazon, for instance, are on uh, multiple platforms. And like I said, all of my books right now are all of my uh, digital copies of my books are free. There's one on my website, all the rest are free on the other web uh, platforms, Amazon and whatnot. So just go there, search my name and just scoop them all up and put them aside and get to them as you can. But there's a lot of, you know, uh, just let me just real quick to catch people's attention, maybe uh, how to attract money using mind power. Track money forever. Uh, my song lyrics. I'm a songwriter, uh, so I've got my song lyrics one, wow. and song lyrics two. Um, Ten metaphysical secrets of manifesting money, which is an amazing book if you need more money in your life. Um, Aware power functioning, and uh, advanced manifesting made easy. The God Function, which is a, a very interesting book. You've never heard a take on God like this, I don't think. This Definitely got to
0: check that out.
1: Well, yeah, this title came to me. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, a long time I found I sat down to write something else. When this title came to me, I didn't know what it meant. And I thought, oh, wow, that's really an, a, a great title for a book. And I wrote it down. I got hundreds of titles written down on these little pieces of paper. And then one day I sat down to write something or other, maybe a short article or something. And all of a sudden I thought, "Well, I'm not writing what I sat down to write. What am I writing?" And I started looking at the words, and I'm like, "Oh wow, this is the God function. This is this is that. This is whatever it is. I'm going to find out." <laughs> I wrote this book, the God function, but the title came to me long before, before I even knew what it was. But come to find out, there is actually a God function. That's and, crazy. Uh, <laughs> the power of thought is one of my newer ones. And uh, J.G.J. Thoughts is a very interesting book. It's all individual little uh, quotes and quips and and things that I uh, that I've written over the years. I have hundreds and hundreds of these collected up. So I'll be putting out more books. But uh, I open this. The very first one. uh, Separation is the great illusion. Oneness is the great reality.
0: I love and that. I
1: have that as the very first one for a reason, because it's the most important thing we can we can understand, uh, and from there we have a platform to for everything else. And then everyone should get this book and read it now. The new normal. Um, this is about this thing we're going through, and it's a it's a, called a spiritual, metaphysical, and common sense take on the 2020 coronavirus emergency and its after effects. And I think when people read this book, they're going to be uh, relieved and, f- and freed up in mentally and emotionally. Uh, they're going to be much more aware. They're going to know that they need to get more aware by seeking out information other than the mainstream media. But uh, I think this is going to help people a lot. Maybe it's the first one they should read when they download my books for free uh, to read this one. If my book, I mean, you can sit down and read them in a sitting or two. Uh, this one here is. Um, you know, four forty-six 46 pages or 45 pages or whatever. So they're easy uh, to read. And uh, they're free. So why not? Right? Download yeah. them, read them and and see what you think. If you like the stuff we're talking about. Um, it's it's in these books and more books coming down the pike pretty soon.
0: I love it, man. You know, wow. it's just, it just giving it to the people free knowledge people. I mean, Get all his books right now while they're still available for free. I mean, I highly suggest that, you know, on Kindle. And I think you mentioned Barnes & Noble as well, right?
1: Oh, there's another one. And then there's a couple. I think those are the three big ones. And then there's a few others. So uh, anybody, uh, go wherever you get your ebooks. Most people get them on Kindle, though, from Amazon. But uh, the thing is, if you don't know, if people don't know, that Am- you don't need a Kindle reader that physical thing that you buy, you don't need that. You go to Amazon, you look at any uh, Kindle, any uh, ebook Kindle page and you'll see under there, get, get the down the the program or whatever they call it for free. So like, I don't have a Kindle reader, but I I downloaded the free Kindle reading app for my desktop computer. And so I can read all of my Kindle books right here on my screen, on my screen.
0: I, so, I did the same for my phone. I, I, I read the books on my phone.
1: Yeah, you can do it to your phone or your tablet or whatever. So the 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 program is free and the, the books are free. And there's other free books out there, too. There's a lot of good free stuff on Amazon, too. Most people don't know to look for it. And, and uh, right now, my books are among them.
0: And, you know, I mean, of course, you know, great books. You're a very wise man. And you're generally a great person. You're a good guy. And, I mean, all these books are free. I mean, I recommend people download them while they're free. But also, pay for these books, man. Support this man. You know, I mean, you're doing such a great job. You're pumping out books, man. And this is all great knowledge. And a lot of your books are to help people out. You know, it's to help people more understand spirituality, manifest more money, and just be happier. You know, your your books are helping people out. So, people...
1: um, yeah, I, I appreciate that. Uh, I would encourage people to, if you like my books, certainly tell other people around them. But if you want to give my books as gifts or whatever, um, buy the print books. They're they're very inexpensive. Like some of them are four ninety five, five ninety five, six ninety five. I think How to Attract Money Using Mind Power might be seven ninety five. These are very inexpensive books for for print books, so it's not hard to to purchase them either, and they make good gifts. Uh, especially like how to attract money using mind power, anybody who's just getting out of school or haven't lost their job or just anybody really, but especially people who have lost their jobs now and all of this, they could have a lot more control over this situation. If they understand quote unquote, how to attract money using mind power. So, you know, maybe it's their birthday or, or it's a holiday or something Buy buy them the book, you know, uh, um, but certainly download them for free uh, if you like. And, and, uh, it it all comes out. I I can't. I I've realized a long time ago. I cannot outgive the universe. Like people say, nice. like you're losing all this money, and I'm like, no, no. I'm gaining in ways that I don't even know yet. You know, you can't outgive the universe because everything comes back. And so, you know, I'm very happy. I feel good about it. I'm not like, oh, I wish I was selling these. I wish you know, no. I, it's the right thing to do. Uh, if it's at some point, some or or however many of those books should be uh, paid for again, I'll know it, but I just follow my inner guidance. And so it makes it easy on me. There's not all of this uh, decision-making, like, should I do it? Shouldn't I do it? And I just go with, you know what, this, this is an inspiration I had is what I feel like it's right for now. And, uh, and then I go with that. A lot of people are hurting financially right now. It's, it's, you know, to buy a $3, uh, kindle book might be like oh that's three bucks you know i don't know and so i just removed all those barriers for now
0: you're a good guy man and um you know i'm looking forward for your other books coming out as well you know especially you know the ones with your demon experiences and you know stuff you didn't really want to talk about but it's wow. all coming out now and you know crazy stuff very you know interesting and um looking forward to continue this man looking forward for part two
1: yeah, yeah, I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to to our next session, yeah.
0: Awesome, man. Well, I'd like to thank you again. Thank you very much for coming on.
1: And thank you, too. Thanks for having me. It's always fun.
0: So, everyone, check out jamesgoyjr.com, and uh, you have a good one, man.
1: All right, you too, Chewy. Talk to you soon, man. Later. All right.
0: everyone thanks for tuning in and if you'd like to support this podcast you can find me at anchor.fm slash screaming chewy gmail there'll be three options for a monthly subscription first one i believe starts at a dollar a month yo yeah dollar a month yeah and if you don't want to that's cool you can follow me on facebook and youtube screaming chewy show for some memes some more videos for episodes and behind-the-scenes kind of deal, right? You can follow me on Twitter, uh, Screaming Chewy. Yeah, not Screaming Chewy, so I should probably change it. But it's just Screaming Chewy. And uh, thanks for listening. Peace.